0: Hey guys, welcome back to the next episode of the Seeker Strength Podcast. We're back with another round of guests today. Two very interesting guys. Yeah, we have Mark Schneider and Justin Rattling Um Apologies about that. It. These guys have produced a very valuable resource, like we we're just talking about. Yeah. It. It's called the Athletic Performance Blueprint. It's a it's a book. They are releasing, and if you listen when you listen to the podcast so after you hear them at the end, talk about it on the twelfth of January, and you can pre order now. And we were just talking about we just we literally just as we, just before we started recording, the information while it was was nothing new, but we agree very wholeheartedly with a lot of the information in the book. But yeah. the only problem is it took us about ten years, probably twenty years collectively, to accumulate all that information. Probably more. Like there's, so what I'd see this book as is
1: a very very strong resource for somebody who is. Uh, a coach of underage athletes or adult athletes uh, a parent of an athlete yeah for sure or else like an actual athlete themselves who's looking to progress I see this as kind of a very very nice foundation for somebody who wants to read stuff that has solid scientific backing up yeah and enough yeah. kind of anecdotal stuff
0: and interesting stuff yeah. that the book qu- flows quite well no there's no egregious claims where or outlandish Nobody's talking about being a whole hearted vegan athlete or no one's talking about a fucking no no full no. on carnivore athlete. Yeah. They're just saying they're presenting the facts as is true to the Lister. They're not trying to talk about what's the best way to increase your one RM squat. They're not really talking about they're just giving good solid information and then they're presenting it in a very nice kind of I don't want to say story like way because it's still No a no textbook. Yeah. But it's um if you're if you're coaching like I was saying, or you're an adult, but an athlete, and you're you're trying to find out a bit more about what's going on with him, and you're trying to support him in the best way, as parents want to do. It's a great read, but it's also a great read if you're a coach. Yeah. And just have a skim through it. You might be like, oh, I was reading something about this before. I'll check this. Yeah. And then it kind of segue into you getting deeper into subjects. So you're like, say, for example, in one part of the book, they talk about um, concussive episodes and some of the genes involved in that, like EPO or APOE3 or maybe some of the genes involved in like um explosive performance like acting tree or something like that and yeah. you're like i want to find out more about that you're like i've never heard of this you go down a route, and then you f- you and as they say in the podcast they're bringing out this going to be a first in a series of, uh, of books
1: yeah um so like you'll hear you'll hear in the interview that you guys are are unbelievably well versed in the areas of athletic development yeah uh it's it's kind of something that I'd be very very confident to stand behind and say. I'd like to have that book on my bookshelf. Yeah, for like, sure. Uh, for years, like I've books and books and books on like stretching, mobility, uh, strength, periodization, all these different things, but it tended to be
0: like not the those books, Sorry, I'm interrupting you. But like, if you look at like the Supple Lepers. Yeah, yeah. Like that's not a that's a reference manual. Like yeah, and it's that like how i have that book
1: and how i'd use that is uh somebody present to me with a sore shoulder yeah like chronic internal rotation in their shoulders uh or whatever the issue was and i tend to use that as go find this one piece pick out what i need from it Mm -hmm. and then put the book back in the shelf whereas i see this as as a really really nice like you can use it as that yeah for sure but you can just read through it as a book and kind of upskill yourself uh, by using this book like the guys we're gonna get into some stuff it's a very comprehensive manual yep uh, is what I'd see it as uh, and I hope you guys enjoy
0: it so we're here next episode of Seek a Strength Podcast uh, with two authors of a a new book who the Athletic Performance Blueprint and the lads are on here just to talk a little bit about the new book why they wrote it who they are etc and to share all their secrets all their secrets <sighs> Uh, so lads, if you want to just introduce yourselves quickly first, just a little bit of a background of who you are, and then maybe we'll get into how we got started writing the book and how we got together, and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Justin, and uh, I was uh, strength coach in the NHL for four years with the uh, Anaheim Ducks and San Diego Goals. and uh, prior to that was at uh, Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, uh, running their program with um, men's hockey. And... Uh, Through that, um, prior, I got my master's degree at the University of Louisville, working with uh, a lot of their Olympic programs, as well as uh, men's, women's basketball. And Ultimately, what uh, happened was Doc and I connected uh, when I went down to Florida and opened up uh, the Hockey Summit, which is an all-inclusive training uh, environment for uh, professional hockey players, uh, controlling everything uh, throughout their environment from uh recovery um on-ice off-ice uh, uh nutrition uh supplementation and ultimately mindset and kind of creating habits and uh, uh focusing on what it is that they needed to do to optimize uh themselves not only uh, athletically but also personally and uh since stepping away from the NHL I've now gone into that full time and work with uh high level CEO- CEOs uh C-level executives um, and high performers uh, looking to find that ultimate uh, fulfillment and purpose uh, in their life through uh, alteration of uh, mindset and uh, creating a, um, a system for them to ultimately find what that is.
0: Nice, very nice.
3: Great, and uh, my name's uh, Mark Schneider, a surgeon practicing for about 30 years. Uh, I've written a ton of medical articles, have some patents for uh, concussion proof uh, uh, padding for uh, rugby, hockey helmets, that kind of thing. Uh, Got uh, sort of invested in uh, athletic training because my kids got involved in uh, the ice hockey world. Uh, Daughter played uh, collegiate and my son played uh, professionally. And uh, met Justin uh, through this camp. Uh, My son and I sort of on the side started a sports nutrition company because we were fed up with the garbage that was on the market and uh, when he uh, decided to retire, uh, was looking for something to do and so we uh, combined uh, uh, our resources and uh, really launched uh, the company. Uh, Justin and I met uh, as he was trying out uh, our products really enjoyed uh, what they did for him and and, uh, introduced them to his athletes and uh, we got together to write the book sort of with the idea of uh, my point of view of raising uh, two athletes Uh, I'm quite a bit older than Justin and uh, his point of view of actually training athletes uh, from that side of uh, the spectrum
0: very interesting very cool um, very diverse partnership the two of you have um, do you want to just name the supplement company on about there? Is-
3: yeah, it's uh, called Diazyme, D-I-O-X-Y-M-E. And uh, we only create a very small line of products that specifically uh, improve uh, athletic performance. So, you know, we're not producing, you know, a ton of different uh, Vitamins and you know all sorts of nutritional supplementation—it's just stuff that uh, athletes are going to see a performance difference. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, I think so. Just uh, to kind of get started on talking about the book, like we've both had a read um, through the blueprint. It's a really nice kind of all-encompassing view of, like, uh, if you're the athlete who's kind of uh, maybe going into senior or collegiate level sports, uh, giving a really good overview of all the different facets and all the different areas you're having to look into so we did you guys have to look to any kind of experts or when you were clashing your heads together to try and come up with the book uh what were your kind of what were your particular areas of expertise uh kind of who focused on what area
2: yeah so i think for sure the um the way that doc and i put this together was we wanted to incorporate uh, his use of the medical side of things and my use of uh, working and training high-level professional athletes for uh, 10 plus years. And um, I think the biggest uh, sour sticking point that we found within uh, the literature side of things is that there's a lot of books that um, tell you how many sets and reps to do or how many uh, if you want to be a bodybuilder, this is what you do. Or if you want to build speed, this is what you do. But in actual creating, um, uh, an athletic individual, uh, based upon somatotype and based upon sport that you're participating in, there really isn't anything all encompassing. Yeah. And that's why we, uh, again, and the way that we diversified it with, uh, with ultimately the athlete spectrum that we created there. Uh, it really became uh, unique uh, for us and was kind of like the secret sauce where um, you can have a father who has a 10-year-old soccer player and a, uh, another, say, father who has a uh, female uh, basketball player who's 16, and you can use this book because it classifies both athletes differently. And focuses on what they need on a different scale, which doesn't exist anywhere else, which was very um uh unique and ultimately something that we were looking to do and uh and hit that uh that sticking point in uh uh in the resource field.
0: I noticed the book is very kind of it's focused on obviously as an athlete development begins early, and you come at it from a lot of angles a lot of time from the younger athlete so um, young kids or early teens trying to stick in a sport and one of the interesting things you talked about and i don't think it's touched on enough uh like obviously strength conditioning has grown in massive amounts in the last few years but do you want to talk a little bit about what keeps kids in sports and what keeps them there longer so you mentioned you've um uh, you've, it's, it's come up a lot in the book mentioning how you kept kids in sports rather than them leaving so and you mentioned obviously some of the benefits kids got from sport sporting uh, young adults
3: you know it's uh really interesting and uh throughout my kids development it's something we saw all along you know about 70 uh, percent of kids leave competitive athletics by the age of 13 and uh, if you really look at why it's because they're not getting any gratification from it You know, people think they get, you know, dissuaded from playing video games, or they want to, you know, chase after the opposite sex or same sex, Um, but uh, really uh, what I've seen is that they're no longer getting the gratification. Uh, There's no positive feedback. Maybe parents are a little too oppressive uh, as to what's going on. I think the key for anyone staying in the sport is having success. And uh, success uh, really involves uh, the mental aspect. And we uh, devote a whole chapter uh, to that mental aspect uh, in the book and cultivating that mental aspect. And there's uh, you know one little uh, uh, clip I uh, give towards the uh, end of the book where a uh, father whose daughter played with my daughter came up to me and he said, I don't understand how your daughter Madison you know, really enjoys uh, coming to practice every day. And this father literally just beat on his daughter every single day about going to practice, and I said to him, "Children are like flowers; they grow better if you water them rather than pissing on them."
1: <laughs> yeah, I really liked your uh, like the the chapter on mindset and the kind of mental game uh, surrounding developing athletes and athletes that are still training. It was kind of it's the only manuscript or it's the only book that I've come across so far that has actually brought mindset and and the mental side of training in with programming and in with nutrition and in with uh like tactical awareness usually the kind of mindset stuff is kept off in the distance as a separate entity uh that's kind of only to be looked at if things are going wrong rather than to be looked at as like a holistic thing of you improve your mindset you improve your motivation uh you improve your your mental routines and then you'll improve everything else as well.
2: Yeah, I think you're you're bang on there. And I think we've actually, at the strength and conditioning level, um, quite often forgotten that aspect. And um, but what I mean by that is we've gotten so caught up with the X's and O's of uh, programming and how many sets, how many reps, how many exercise combinations, how many progressions, how much progressive overload, how much... Uh, systematic undulating uh linear block periodization can we go through and we see that as being the end-all be-all rather than actually understanding that if we focus on the mental development of our player if we focus on uh, helping them have clear defined goals clear defined intentions clear defined values of what we're trying to create that just simply by training the right way which many uh properly trained and properly uh educated strength coaches can do that we'll see a much better and much more thoroughly developed athlete in the end of the at the end of the day
1: yeah i agree completely like we we talk about something in weightlifting in particular we talk about kind of the momentum of the training program uh and like a lot of the time the minutia for us isn't really the biggest thing especially with a developing athlete so somebody that might be coming in for another sport or or kind of a youth athlete uh it's it's more important for them that they have or they're seeing good momentum with their sport rather than uh kind of being down in the dumps and just following the program really, really red, like regimented, uh, increases every single week. Like just a small bit of, of positive mental feedback goes a long way.
2: Yeah. You're, I mean, it's amazing that, um, all of a and it goes back to these environmental aspects and even the leaders, uh, the leadership that strength coaches are, uh, coaches of any type uh produce and it's creating that environment of uh vulnerability and it, it's funny it's it, it's not saying that you're walking around crying all day um but it's uh, creating that situation where you're allowed to make a mistake you're allowed to be wrong you're allowed to be um uh you're allowed to fail you're allowed you're, you create this safe environment to do that and when you create that safe environment it allows these athletes and even these other coaches to uh, do things that get them out of their comfort zone yeah. and and, are, and allow them to feel that it's okay to have that happen because guess what everything every time that does happen it creates a learning experience and it creates something that um, will ultimately push you further to ultimately gain success it's it's no different than why, uh, why would you under, why would you undergo uh, eccentric loading. Well, it's to tear certain muscle fibers so that you can build them up and make them stronger. Well, the same situation happens mentally, where you allow them this safe net to get outside of their comfort zone. So theoretically, you're you're not actually tearing uh, brain yeah, fibers, yeah. but but you're you're getting yourself out there and exposing yourself, and then you're going to allow yourself to recover and you're going to come back a, a stronger person, rather than just simply going through this. It's not yelling at people. It's not putting down putting it's simply giving them this environment where it's man this is a fun place to be this is a place i want to get better and this is uh the way that i'm going to do it
0: would you ever take that in the same vein would you ever think there's a point where you're maybe a coach can possibly be too positive so too maybe not lenient might be the right word but i, I think the word coming to my head is too nice to their athletes so do you think there's a point where you kind of knock them down hard, an athlete, but recommend them well, you know, in. Dis- the-
3: it's interesting. You can't just always give positive feedback in every scenario yeah. if it's undeserved. You have to. There has to be stresses on the brain uh, that the athlete has to learn to work through. Uh, but that doesn't mean you put, you know, uh, you know, in in the United States, you wouldn't put a rookie quarterback in in the big game last minute uh if you've got a veteran to play there that may not be the right stress there for him Uh, but you have to gradually build them up with a variety of different mental stresses so they learn how to handle it because every athlete is going to go through ups and downs and they have to be able to handle the downs
2: probably even better than the ups yeah definitely for
0: sure i
1: really agree with that Yep. Uh, and
2: I think and I think the big thing that I was wanting to hit on is it's not even being positive uh, that's uh, maybe it didn't come across that way but it's being in an environment where you're where it's okay to fail yeah and the first reaction you're gonna get out of a failure is uh, like here's a here's a perfect example some an athlete's going into squat and instead of and they fail it's not I don't know why you chose that weight. I knew you weren't going to be able to do it or versus, wow, you bottomed out at the bottom. We're almost there. Let's change the way we approach it next time. And instead of increasing by 10 pounds a side at near failure, let's choose a five pound increment on each side, which is whatever that percentage ends up being. And so you're the way you approach it is completely different, but the outcome is the same. Yeah, is that is, which which w- version is going to make that athlete want to come back and try again later in uh, at a later date?
0: And I think that's particularly poignant in, especially if you're coaching young adults or kids, is really like you're probably better off being more positive than negative in general, anyway, for those because oftentimes. Kids are probably or younger adults are at their most vulnerable mentally, I suppose, and looking for reassurance very, very often. Yeah. And I think like as you were talking about, like the nature of the
1: feedback, uh, like exactly what you're saying, like it's all about the nature of the feedback. Is it just positive for the sake of being positive or is it a small bit harsh, but they're actually getting something from it? Uh <laughs> And no, that, you're exactly right. Yeah. And, I mean,
2: at this at this point, too, I mean, you, you, you even speak about the age break bracket of people. But over here in America, like, the biggest thing that we've started to see is um, professional coaches. So especially uh, the NHL is on the hot seat right now because four coaches in the last two weeks have been fired over um, – their 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 conduct with the players really jesus um and it's and it's really starting uh, it's been a culture that's been in professional sports for a long time that i'm the coach and i it's my way or the highway and um as a player you're seen as um almost just like a piece of meat and like a pawn that is out there playing for the coach when in actuality it's a partnership that needs to be uh Uh, branded or fielded together or created Um, and it hasn't been that way for a long time it's actually been seen as like a hierarchy system and um, and the coaches have treated players that way in some of these instances and uh, they're getting fired for things that have happened two three four five years ago um, and players are now starting to talk out about it so uh, and, and they talk about and they use words like haunting and they use words like uh terrifying and uh yeah, things like, uh, like like just these words that they're coming from grown men it's not yeah. 14 and 15 year old kids it's 25 to 35 year old men
1: <laughs> yeah it, like if if an environment is that toxic to train and play in uh it'd be similar as like as going to a weight room and there being a pit bull just waiting there every time you squat like it doesn't matter how good you are at squatting that's
0: not going to be a good environment to uh, to progress in uh, I think you you guys would really appreciate so earlier in the year we were in Qatar and we were with uh, a future potential Olympic medalist and very likely Olympic gold medalist uh, next year and Miso Hassan is his name and he's coached by his father in weightlifting since he's younger and while there is definitely a hierarchy uh, aspect there it's a lot of respect coming from Miso's side but they're a real, it's a really really, it's very impressive partnership yeah. like if Miso says my back's too sore like we've seen other professional weightlifters at higher levels, um, like shoulder injuries, stuff like that, just been told just keep training. Yeah. Whereas like with Miso one evening they were training. Miso's back was very tired and he's they planned to go quite heavy that night and it just was cut short. There was no big deal made about it. Miso wasn't made to feel like uh, a poor athlete or weak minded. They had the long-term plan in view, and it was just nobody had any issues. Training was finished fairly; no big deal. Like it's, uh, it's, it sounds very similar to what what kind of aspect you're talking about, and the, the exact opposite of what was happening in the NHL. By the sounds of it, yeah, just yeah. Uh, and it's
2: it's the biggest thing being able to find that balance between that long-term macro uh, marathon, if you will, versus the short-term micro sprint. You need to be able. You need to be willing to give up on some of these um fast gains in order to play the long game and have success in the long game because guess what life's life's a marathon
1: exactly (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, absolutely so i kind of have one question that i was eager to ask both of you uh so i know in mark's case you obviously had kids who were athletes but if you had a kind of 17 or an 18 year old athlete now who uh you were coaching or is your kid who was going from being, say, a high school football player into being a collegiate level player, what would you say would be the, the kind of main three or four things that as they're going away from your training system or the training system they had in their high school, what would be the main things you're looking for in a collegiate level system that are going to progress them?
0: And bear in mind, there's, there's a good chance there's a lot of those kind of athletes listening. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting when... Um, my kids went away to college. We had, uh, you know, a pretty well-defined training program that uh, they had been following through high school and uh, junior athletics. And uh, the shocker to uh, all of us was uh, coaches following a very, very antiquated uh, training system. And uh, you know, I for my kids, you know, I kind of they once you're in the collegiate system it's a job you know and you've got to follow it you've got to sort of somehow stick to your principles a certain way but uh, other ways you just also need to be able to uh bend a little bit be compliant with some other uh training ideas uh at that level it's a it's you're sort of now part of the machine um and hopefully by that point in time you've got a A really solid base um uh, athletically and mentally to be able to handle all those different stresses that you're gonna realize
1: yeah i think that's something in in when you're going into those bigger systems does tend to be an issue a lot of the time you might have been working with like a strength coach or you might have been working with a skills coach in particular who would be maybe working with five or ten athletes and have a very good personal idea of what you're like as an athlete or even what you're like as a person and then you're suddenly going into that like machine-based or uh not machine-based but uh like as big hey, system where yeah. you're a number
3: yeah sort of like uh pink floyd said uh, welcome to the machine yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i you know i think that uh, the thing that really uh, uh uh clarifies that situation you know ice hockey is a sprint-based system and uh when my son went uh to college uh, their hockey coach had them run five miles every day uh, <laughs> in slow motion. Like, right. <laughs> you're, just forget you're doing it as best you yeah. can. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's, I'd like to kind of touch on, let's say for, there's, there's probably a lot of parents listening, and there's a good chance they are very interested in, uh, obviously if they're listening to our podcast, they're heavily into strength conditioning or different kind of sports or stuff like that. And how would you what, what kind of voice would you give them if they say are very have little knowledge about a sport or they want to get their kids to go down the best possible route for them or just support them in the best way when they're looking for a sport to choose?
2: Yeah, for sure. so I think that's a great question. And I think that's something that the book really does an amazing job doing because uh, Doc Schneider had a phenomenal, um, viewpoint on that because he theoretically went through that with both of his kids. And um, I think the the biggest thing there is support them through uh, aided guidance. And what I mean by that is taking into c- consideration their natural talent, one, two, their somatotype and just what their body types are like. Um, if you're at 12 years old, five foot Nothing and 125 pounds. You're probably not going to be the best offensive lineman, um, and just helping to guide them in in that right in that way. And but then three is also helping support what it is that the passion is of the child. And um, again, through the book and the th- the way that it's set up is so I think great in this facet is that. It takes you through the different somatotypes, the the way that the the gifts that the kids have naturally, and then helps guide the parents as to how to train them so that they ultimately can succeed in the sport that not only are the kids passionate in, but that they uh, are also going to see the most success in. And um, to Doc's point earlier, when you see success, it kind of breeds further confidence.
0: Yeah. You also touched on something in the book that we're a big fan of, and the literature would really heavily support in this: is that kids should definitely diversify, just in terms of um, so not only from mental aspects of trying new sports and seeing what's important, but also for their future specialization to reduce injury and increase their performances. To is tried loads of different sports until you've kind of figure out.
2: Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, you're you're never going to get it right the first time. It rarely happens that way, and you Definitely start not. to look at, and you start to look at uh, um, the most successful athletes out there, and no matter what sport it is, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, rugby, basketball, and the biggest thing that they all have in common at the highest level that are playing at the highest, um, the highest point of their game is that they all played multiple sports as a kid. And uh, and growing up, one, it not only creates a better, well-rounded athlete, but two, decreases injury from uh, the overuse syndrome and ultimately gets these other aspects of athleticism that may not be touched upon or may not be the focal point of that one sport.
1: Yeah, like a, a point on that that I, I really, really like, and I think a lot of our listeners are actually – are going to this might touch on with them? Like a lot of the people who listen to this might be kind of adult onset athletes, so they mightn't have played sports since they're kind of 18 or 19 and they've gone back now and they're doing CrossFit or they're doing some kind of uh, gym based training as 28, 29, 30 year olds. Uh, and I think you see the biggest difference in that population where you have uh, you might have two guys coming into you who are both 30 years of age and you'll see one guy who will never have played a sport in his life, and then another guy who will have played a vast array of sports and is very, like, what we might consider physically literate. And the difference in their rates of progression, uh, they might be going from a baseline which is
0: very similar, but their rates of progression and their ability to progress quickly is is huge. Uh, before, I think, I know we're running short on time, but to touch on points, what advice would you have for people who are obviously because your book is about ally like development and you don't want to limit that to go back 20 years and start doing better so if you, if you did have someone now who's come to you in their late 20s early 30s um maybe missed 10 years of playing any kind of sports what would be your advice to them and how would they go about best doing whatever it is they're trying to do at the moment
2: justin why don't you take that one yeah so that i i think the biggest thing would be to uh start slow and to one go to where your interest level is um there's nothing worse than trying to do something uh that you don't like <laughs> so yeah, absolutely one, go to go to where you go to where your interest level is Two, um go to something that you've seen uh success in uh whether you played it uh as a kid growing up and you loved it whether it's something you've always had an interest in and you're wanting to learn it um, because, again, there's going to be that, uh, that adoption phase where it, it takes a while to um, figure out how, how to do the sport, how to play it. That, uh, that, that adoption phase is, is going to be there. And if you have a love for it and if you have an interest in it, it's going to be a lot easier of a phase to push through. Um, but it's also going to be uh, a, a point where, you're going to be able to see that those little successes much quicker. Yeah. Um, and then three is uh, <laughs> don't you, you can't give up because <laughs> it, 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 the moment the moment you quit is uh, the moment somebody else takes it over. And um, if your why is actually at the center of it, and what I mean by your why is if if the reason that you do it is more. Uh, impactful and meaningful to you than uh, what you get from it, then that, that long-term uh, gain is going to be much easier to to stick with. And there's one
3: other uh, point that I'd like to add to that is really try and seek out uh, expertise in coaching. And I don't mean necessarily someone who You know only can coach the movement patterns uh but also someone who recognizes where the individual is in their training progression and uh how they can work them i think the worst thing that i've seen is you know 40 50 year old ladies go to the gym for the first time in 20 years and uh the typical trainer says well let's do 100 burpees
1: yeah (laughs)
3: and guarantee that that's the last time they're going to visit that gym yeah
1: yeah um, Just as uh, as I was reading through the book, I one thing that kind of kept popping up in my mind is that if you were to implement this with uh, with say in a gym who do youth training or uh, with a team that does youth training, like for the people who are listening, this would be an unbelievably powerful tool. Absolutely. Like if you if you use your coaching staff who are able to read this book and then sit down as a team or as a backroom team, uh, and then say, okay, there's these seven aspects what are we going to do in each of these seven aspects for this season to kind of help improve it
0: i feel i feel like this is kind of book where you read it when you start coaching then you come back in five years and you read it and then you're like oh makes much more sense yeah then you come back in another five years and you're like oh wait no i was totally wrong the first two times now i get it you know that kind of way
2: yeah it's it's always meant to be that continual professional development right yeah yeah Um, the moment you start learning or the moment you stop learning is the moment you stop growing. And the moment you stop growing is the way, the moment you go backwards. So um, it's constantly taking uh, the best coaches have coaches. So to Doc's point, um, seeking coaches and seeking people who can uh, help better you or, or give you something to take from it is, is always something that you're looking for
1: so guys what what's your move with the book now Are you hoping to kind of uh to bring this around the world and around the country and do like seminars on athletic development or is it just to launch the book and to have this resource out there
3: well um we're actually uh, the idea was to write this as uh, the first book in a series uh, of athletic development books uh, as a matter of fact, Justin and I were uh, on the phone earlier today uh, discussing the approach uh, for the second book, uh, but it's something that uh, we've both become very passionate with and um, have extended just outside of the gym more towards a uh, lifestyle, yes. and I see it every single day uh, with my patients in the office who are not only coming in to uh, look better, I'm a plastic surgeon, uh, but they're looking to make their lives better overall. So uh, we're trying to create a continuum.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice. It's kind of taking the, ho- the holistic approach to athletics and then encompassing that into absolutely everything else.
0: Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if, no, it's really good. Um, Justin, if you, are you kind of running a on time?
2: Yeah, I've got another... Two or three minutes here.
0: Okay. Can you let people know where they can find the book, uh, its release date? And yeah, that should be, I think that should be helpful Yeah,
2: yeah absolutely. So um, uh, w- what we'll do is we'll send you guys the link, but it's available right now on Amazon for pre-order. Um, and it will be going live. Uh, and the first orders will be sent out on uh, January um, 12th, uh, as we do our live book launch at, uh, Lululemon, New York city, Very nice. um, lovely in, uh, in Soho. So right down there, five twenty Broadway, uh, if anyone's in the New York city area, but, um, yeah, it'll take place at one o'clock PM, uh, January 11th or sorry, uh, January 12th, uh, in New York city at Lululemon.
0: I think, um, as like the, the, pon- the podcast is unsponsored. So I think it's, um, it's very fair to say that we definitely recommend the book to anyone. Like, there's, yeah, it it is a very useful resource and it is full of knowledge that we very wholeheartedly support.
1: Yeah, like, and the, it's a really really nice mix between something that's extremely scientifically valid and backed up, and practical experience. Practical experience, yeah. yeah. Because I think with a lot of the kind of development texts that I would have read, um, in like in my university degree, they're very textbook. And they're very kind of unemployed, or like we have a textbook on the shelf behind us mm-hmm. on uh, athletic development in cross-country skiers, and it's impossible to read.
0: Like, th- th- whereas th-
1: this is genuinely a, an yeah, interesting read. Doesn't
0: it, it has a very nice flow to it? Like it yeah. follows a nice, nice little uh, flow down through the, the different subjects. Yeah. So yeah, that's
2: great. We appreciate that, guys, because that was something that we uh, were really going for when uh, when we were putting it together.
0: Yeah. No, it it really it does is, flow quite well. Absolutely. Uh, that's great Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, we must try having you on again soon hopefully a bit more time and all the best with the book launch and we'll definitely be recommending it 100% yep.
3: fantastic guys thank you very much for your time today no thanks
0: problem thanks very much thanks, guys. have a good day bye bye
2: thanks take care guys bye bye
0: thanks